welcome to Only One Truth again. I've got Wesley with us today, and we want to talk to you about John Bevere. John Bevere has a tremendous following, it seems, and we're here to really passionately come to you to try to help you to recognize whether a person is a false prophet or a true prophet. The Word is very, very clear on how to do that. In Matthew chapter 7, it talks about that there would be those that would come and the Lord told us to beware of those that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And he said, by their fruit you shall know them, that a good tree does not bring forth evil fruit. Now we have a great concern. We get passionate sometimes with these because we, are, we love you. And we want to help you to understand the truth by what the Word of God says. The Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11, says to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to rather expose them. So the Bible tells us to do this so that you understand we're not attacking the individual. We're attacking what the doctrine is because the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that in the last days there would be doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. Matter of fact, Paul even warns in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said the time would come when men would not, would not endure sound doctrine. They would go away from the wholesome words of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 20, it says that those that sin, those elders, those people that call themselves elders are in a position of leadership. Those that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. There are requirements for an elder or a pastor or a teacher in the scriptures. And it's very clear. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 that he must be blameless. That means nothing can be blamed on him. He can't be at fault with sin or else he, he misses the requirements. In Titus chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, it says he must be blameless, pure, and holy. So he's called to a high calling. Why is that? Because he says, don't be many of you teachers, for they shall receive greater condemnation because they have a greater judgment that comes upon them. We want to help you to understand the truth about the Word of God. We will only speak what the Word of God says. And when something needs to be corrected by God's Word, 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 16 says to use the Word of God. It's profitable for teaching and correcting, and it is inspired by God. So I want you to hold on. We're going to play this, and then we're going to come back with comment to help you with the truth of what's really going on here. But there was something that was in my life that didn't go. And that was this, I was bound to pornography. I mean, bound to it. It started when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And I mean, it was supernatural. If there was any kind of porn, my head would turn right to it. It was amazing. And I remember when I got married to my wife, Lisa, you know, I'm saved, I'm, I'm speaking in tongues, I'm filled with the Spirit, and I, got, I get married to the most beautiful girl in my eyes that walks the, walks the planet. I've never seen a prettier girl in my life. And I thought, okay, this will take care of it. It got worse. Okay, uh, this is something we have to address. He's saying he's saved, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he goes on to say that he's in the ministry. He's married to his wife, He's still having a tremendous problem with pornography. He's looking at naked women and lusting on them. This has to be addressed according to the scripture. 
If you took, go with me to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 27, Jesus is speaking here. Listen to what he says. You have heard that it was said of them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. Everybody knows that. You don't commit adultery. This is the words of Jesus speaking here. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? This is the words of Jesus. Do what he says. Look what, he, look what happens here. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now he's saying he's looking at porn that is looking at a woman with lust. He is committing adultery, and at the same time, he's saying he's in a ministry. He's saying he's saved. He's saying he's filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to break down those three things that he's saying there. So I got Wes with me. Wes, I want you to come in and take one of them if yeah. you would. Yeah, first off, the, the saved part, this is a perfect passage because Jesus says if you don't pluck out your evil eye, which would be you lusting after a woman in your heart, pluck that evil eye out and put it from you. Putting it from you means it's no longer in your life. Uh, or else you're you're going to go to hell. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage, which would clearly show and depict that one is not saved while they're in the very act of an adult having an adulterous heart. So therefore, you cannot be saved and have an adulterous heart. This is why James would say, you know, you're a friend of the world. You're an enemy of God. John would say the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It says, anyone who has this, this is the love for the world. The love of the Father is not in them. So you, you don't have the love of the Father in you. You, you know, in John, First John chapter two, it says, uh, if you don't keep Jesus's commandments, Jesus's commandment clearly here in Matthew chapter five is to pluck out the evil eye, which is no longer lusting after women in your heart. John is saying, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, he's saved. He's tongue-talking, you know, uh, saved individual. And he says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 5, it says that he gives his spirit to those who obey him. Is this obeying him, looking at women and lusting after them in his heart? Is is that obeying him? Somehow he says he has the Holy Spirit. And, and Luke, writing in Acts chapter 5, says God gives his spirit to those who obey him. So who should we believe? Should we believe John Bevere? really has the Holy Spirit, or should we believe Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, who says you, you, you can't have the Spirit unless you obey Jesus? Jesus said this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. I want you to look at this scripture and look at it closely. Now, a lot of people think, well, you know, Jesus took all my sin, you know, on the cross. He became sin for me, and I have his righteousness. That is not what the Bible says. That is a false teaching. And the Bible says that over and over again, he says in Hebrews 5, 9, he said, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to those who obey him, not to those who disobey him. The Bible says in 2 John chapter 1 and verse 9, he says, he that sins, he that transgresses and does not continue in obeying the teachings of Jesus Christ, he says he doesn't even have God. This is New Testament teaching. There's a false doctrine going around to make you think that you can commit adultery and you're not going to hell. Listen to what this scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. He says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't go. What does that mean? Well, John Revere may say, well, they're going to heaven if, they, if, if they're unrighteous. No. You must be righteous. Some say, well, I'm righteous because of Jesus. No. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 says, only the one who does righteousness as Christ is righteous 
is righteous. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 5 and 6 says that he will reward you according to your righteousness. The one that's doing righteousness. The scripture is clear. That's why David said, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. So you're either doing righteousness or you're not doing it. If you're not doing righteousness, you're not righteous. Look what it says here. Don't be deceived. Don't let this man, John Bevere, deceive you into thinking you can commit adultery or you can do all these sins and you're going to be okay and you're still saved. You're not saved, John Bevere, in that condition. Look what it says. Don't be deceived. No fornicator, no idolater, no adulterer. John Bevere, you were being an adultery. You were being an adulterer. You were looking at porn. You are telling people they can look at naked women and they're going to heaven. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible tells Jesus said, go and sin no more. You say, you can't go sin anymore. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen to John Bevere? Or are you going to listen to what the Bible says? These wicked people, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, he says that the wicked will be severed from the just. The just of those who live in righteously, the wicked are going to be thrown into the lake of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Look, look you know what Wes said? He said, he, this guy said that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. That he was speaking with tongues. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you out there. How many of you out there are claiming to be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, but you're looking at porn? And you think you're saved. Listen to me closely. You're not saved. You say, well, how do you say that? Because you're committing adultery before God. And I just read you that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't want you to think that you're saved. Why? So that you'll do something about it. Hebrews 12, 5, 12, 4 says that you have not yet resisted sin to the shedding of blood. As he quoted in Acts chapter 5, I want to go there and I want to read it to you because I want you to understand it. This is what Jesus, this is what the Word of God says. Acts chapter 5, verse 32 says, And we are witnesses of those things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God had given to all them that obey him. Who gets the Holy Ghost? Those that obey him. Is committing adultery obeying him? Is it? He said, You don't need to obey him. The Bible says you must obey him. You're going, to leave John, you're going to believe John Bevere, or you're going to believe this chapter? Go back and read it. It's there, what, black and white. Acts 5.32. He gives the Holy Ghost to obey to those that obey him. But John Revere said he's speaking in tongues. Well, what was he doing? He was, he's got a counterfeit. That is not the Holy Ghost. That is not Amen. the Holy Ghost. Because he's outwardly saying, I was not obeying God. I was committing adultery. I was sinning against God. The sin that sins you to hell. This is what the Lord said in John 8, 21. He said, if you die and you sin, John, you're going to hell. You would not be with me. You would not be with me. And he's in the ministry. Wes, is it okay to be in the ministry and be uh, uh, committing adultery and looking at porn? Is that okay to be in the ministry and be preaching to people? What does the Bible tell me if I got this big old log up in my eye? It, say, it says that you're disqualified. It clearly talks about being blameless in in, in Timothy, also in Titus, uh, for the qualifications of being an elder or a bishop, somebody that's a leader in the body of Christ. And it, it clearly says 
that you have to be blameless without sin, which that's what without being blamed for anything. So if John Bevere is looking at pornography, he does not fit that category. He's obviously to be blamed for what? Lusting after women in his own heart. And like we said in Matthew chapter five, not only are you disqualified from being a leader, you're going to hell according to what Jesus says. It would say it'd be better for you to cut that out of your life and put it from you, or you're going to go to hell. That's that's Jesus's message. It doesn't matter what John says, John Bevere, that is, uh, it, you know, it, it matters what the Bible says. So clearly, you know, this guy is very charismatic um, and uh, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. But look, look at Acts chapter five, Acts chapter five. What's going on there? Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he tells them there's fornication going on among you. That's not even named among the pagans that one would have his own mother's wife. This guy had his dad's wife, and he was committing fornication, but the church wasn't doing anything about it because they were doing just like John Brevere was, was doing. They were thinking, well, it's okay. God doesn't look at it. It's fine. Paul writes a letter and corrects them and rebukes them. He says, take that man from you. He calls him a wicked man in Acts chapter 5. Uh, Acts chapter 5 there in the last verse. I'm sorry, first, I'm sorry, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 5. I misquoted it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says in the last verse there, he says, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. He says that man that was committing adultery, fornication, sexual immorality, like John Bevere said he was when he was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, get him out of the church. Expel him from the church. Get him out. And you think he's going to heaven? And he's me, being kicked out. Matter of fact, he'll go even further than that. And Paul writes this. This is the problem. This is the thing you need to really pay attention to. Listen, key in on this right now. He says, verse 11, but now I write to you not to keep company. Don't socialize. Don't even eat with him. If any man that is called a brother, you know what John does? He calls himself a brother. You know what he does with people that commit adultery and look at porn? He calls him a brother. He calls him a brother. What does the Bible say here? If any man is called a brother, be an adulterer, a fornicator, look at porn? What does my Bible tell me to do? What does your Bible say to do? Read the verse. Verse 11, chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians. What does it say to do? He's covered, he's a dollar, a rail, a drunkard, extortioner. Such a one, don't even eat with him. Do you think they're going to heaven? And the Bible tells you don't even eat with him because I'm a wicked person? No about your Bible. My Bible says the wicked are not going to heaven. That's right, or, or covetous, or idolater, or reviler, or drunker, or an extortioner. I mean, that's a lengthy list that Paul is saying, don't eat with them. If we're not called to eat with him here on earth, do you think we're just going to be breaking bread with him in heaven? <laughs> that makes absolute no sense. And so clearly these passages, these false teachers will not bring up. They will, they will skip over them, or they will either twist them and say, yeah, these have to do with unbelievers. Well, who's the, who's the letters written to? Believers. These are written to people yep. that are calling themselves Christians, at least calling themselves professed Christians. But John will say, you know, we'll see some clips here we're going to get into eventually where he thinks that the judgment for the believers is going to be different than the judgment for the unbelievers. And so once we get into these clips, you're going to clearly see he's, it, it, you know, and then he has a double standard. He'll preach holiness. He'll say you should depart from your sin. But he'll detach that from salvation. He'll detach that from someone actually, you know, being saved. So 
He speaks out of both sides of his mouth. It's very confusing. He's confused, but you know, you, you'll see as we go along with these clips. Let, let me point something else out before we move on here, because this is so important. We're just at the base of what he's, he's talking. He just, he just hadn't even been a minute into what he's saying just about. And he's, and he's saying this because it's coming out of his mouth. And what's coming out of his mouth is in his heart. Now, he's in, he calls himself in the ministry looking at naked women, lusting on them. You're sitting there. Wait a minute. Let's, let's back up. So all that time he was in the ministry, you were sitting there or somebody else was sitting in front of him, listening to him, and you're thinking in your mind, now this guy goes home when he finishes here and he goes open up his computer or his porn magazine and he sits in, opens them up and starts lusting on these women. That's the guy you're taking, you're, they're telling you about the Lord and you sitting under that ministry? Wake up, people. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, wake up and quit sinning. Quit being around these kind of people that call themselves ministers. He's disqualified from being a minister. Why? Because he's looking at porn. He even admittedly says that 50%, over 50% of those people calling themselves ministers look at porn on a regular basis. You need to get out of there. And you need to find somewhere where you can go or you can come on with us, whatever. We're, gonna, we're walking blameless. Why? Because the Bible says to do. Somebody says, well, you can't walk blameless. Jesus said, go and sin no more. You know what I did? Yes, sir. You do what he said. Go ahead and do what he said. You can stop sinning. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But to have, sit there and think, I'm going to listen to this guy. I'm going to read a scripture to you in Luke chapter 6. And this is the problem with, what he, with, with what's going on with him right here. Luke chapter 6, if you, get your, if you have your Bible, turn there. Because this is an important scripture. Jesus is speaking here. And he, said, and, he, and he says, this man is a hypocrite. Why is John a hypocrite? Because he's telling you to live your right, life right. He even comes back later and he says that, you know, you need to give your life to the Lord to be saved. And yet he says he's saved and he's looking at porn. How much of your life did you give to, to the Lord, John Bevere? If you think you're saved looking at porn, what do you mean you give your life to the Lord? You said you were saved looking at porn, lusting on them, on naked women. Why are you even married, man? That's disgusting. That's an abomination to God. What did the Lord say to you? Here's, 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 here's the Lord's uh, counsel right here. He said, thou hypocrite, verse, that's verse 42. He says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me pull out the moat that's in your own eye and you don't see the beam of adultery up in your own eye, John. You are, it calls you a hypocrite because you're saying one thing and you're doing something else. You're saying you gave your life to the Lord, but you're looking at porn. You're saying you're saved and you're looking at porn. This just blows my mind, people. I don't know how you sit under somebody like John. I don't know how you do it. How can you do that? You think he's just going to put your time in and he, you think he's going to tell you how to be saved? The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. He is a blind man in sin trying to tell you what to do to get to heaven. What are you doing listening to him? He says, cast out. He says, you hypocrite, get the beam out of your own eye. Quit the adultery. Quit the sin. Get the beam out of your eye. Why? So that you can help your brother remove the boat from his own eye. He says, as long as you got the beam, you can't help anybody. He says that in verse 39. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a ditch? You got to get it out. 
You're not saved until you get the beam out of your eye. You can't help anybody. Get out of the ministry. You have no business in the ministry. You're sending people to hell is what you're doing with your doctrine and what you're teaching and how you're living. Get out of it. Both of those decisions, we're either going to receive rewards or we're going to suffer losses. And the Bible's very clear, the rewards that we can receive to the losses we can suffer is anywhere from ruling and reigning beside Christ with forever and ever. Can you imagine being on his board, talking about how this galaxy is going to be developed? All the way to having everything we did burned up. The former would be the full reward, the latter's the no reward, and everything else is the partial reward. Are you with me? So you know what this tells me? What we do with the cross does indeed determine where we're going to spend eternity, heaven or hell. We all know that as Christians. Stop it. However, the way we live as believers determines how we're going to spend eternity. He says the way you live will not determine where you spend eternity. Really? Because my Bible says the opposite. You think you can live, John, in your adultery, in your pornography, and you're going to make it to heaven? I guess you're trying to find scriptures to justify your behavior. Why don't you get your behavior right to work, match the Word of God instead of trying to change the Word of God to match what you do? You will be judged. The Bible tells us. Listen, listen to scripture. First, I'm going to let you say something. Else. First Peter chapter 4 and verse, verse 17 says, For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Right there with you, John. And if it first begin at us, what shall be in the end of them that, listen to this part, listen closely, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? If you don't obey the gospel of God, what do you think is going to happen to you? You said it doesn't have anything to do with your eternity. Why are you lying to these people? People, you can't listen to this guy. He's not telling you the truth. My Bible says in the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, the last book, the last chapter, Jesus comes back on the scene after all the apostles have, pre have preached and shared in the new covenant, and he says, only those who obey my commandments will have the right to enter into the gates, into the city. Where does the other ones, he said? Outside of the dogs and sources. In hell, they won't make it. Don't listen to this man. Listen to what the scripture says. Brother, Brother West, go ahead. Yeah, clearly he's not he's not reading the scriptures and it, you know, he this guy's supposed to supposedly a scholar. Like I mean, he he knows these verses, he's just not willing to swallow uh the truth. And in Romans chapter 2, clearly uh this is Romans chapter 2, verse 5. It says, but in accordance with the hardness and your impenitent heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath and the day of wrath. Uh, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Mm -hmm. He's saying, this is John, John says, where we spend eternity is settled by receiving Jesus, but how we spend it depends on what we do. Not so. This is what Paul says. He says, speaking to believers, he says he's going to judge each one according to his deeds, eternal life. So this is what he's saying. Who gets eternal life? This has to do with heaven. Or it has to do with hell. It has to do with separation from God eternally. He says, eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, 
tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek, because there's no partiality with God. This is what Paul says. And he clearly in the same passage, uh, verse 13, he says, not the doer, not the hearers of the law will be justified in the eyes of God, but the doers of the law. Justified means righteous. So all these passages, which again, John Bevere knows, he knows these passages. He's just going to avoid them and because he's building his ministry. He's not trying to give people the truth. So if, if this were true, let's just, let's just examine this. If this were true, and it, you know, your eternity is not based off of what you do. Then when Jesus says uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my father in heaven. I guess that disregard to verse 12 says, if we endure, which has to do with you staying faithful, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. That means you're going to go to heaven, right? But if we deny him, he will also deny us. Disregard Paul said that because your actions has no merit on how you're going to turn spend eternity. And, and okay, and also you would have to disregard in First John chapter three verse fifteen. It says, "Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life abiding in him." Mm -hmm. You would have to disregard Paul, what what John is saying there. So, don't believe John in the Bible. Don't believe the beloved John who was the closest to Jesus. No, believe John Bevere and his false teaching, because he just wants to say it all has to do with you accepting Jesus and believing that his righteousness is somehow transferred to your account. But your rewards, your rewards now is just based off of, I guess, if you obey Jesus, then you get greater rewards. That's what he's introducing. He's saying like, you're going to have like, I guess, like five jewels in your crown instead of like one or two based off of your performance, based off of your obedience. And clearly we're seeing the Bible is saying something completely contrary. Don't listen to this guy. He's a false teacher. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, we could go on and on, but I'm going to give it to you, Don. Like, just look at, look at what he's introducing here, because it really, it, it, it basically takes anybody's motivation of actually living righteous or actually living holy because you're disconnecting it from eternal salvation. Look, we want to do whatever we can to help you because we love you and care about you. That's why we're reaching out. That's why we're so passionate about what I say. You see, the scripture, the scripture just like he said there in Romans chapter 2, he's going to render to every man according to what he does, his sin. He's going to render to him. He's not going to make it. What does he have? Indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish. That's hell. That's the wrath of God upon him. He's saying it's just a reward thing, but you're just going to go on in with your sin. No, no sin enters the kingdom of God. That's really clear in Revelation 21, 29. He said, nothing defiled shall enter the kingdom of God. In, first, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, listen to this, what he says here. He's talking to the Thessalonians that they were under great persecution, great tribulation for, the, for their faith, for walking holy in the Lord. And Paul writes to them, he says, to you, verse, verse 7 of 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, 2, chapter, chapter 1, verse 7, and to you who are troubled west with us, when the Lord shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. This is judgment coming, right? He said, this isn't going to happen in judgment for you. He's writing to the saints. He's telling them what's going to happen to these others. Now, who, who is he talking about? Flaming, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on who? Them that do not Obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. John, that's you. 
You're not obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say you're looking at porn. You were looking at porn, and you were saved. He said, well, I don't do that anymore. I hope not. But what are you doing? It makes me very questionable because you're thinking you're saved in your sin. If you're still at that sin and you're still fooling with that, you're still in a mess, John. You need to come out of that. The Bible said, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. That's eternal damnation. If you sow to the Spirit, you, then you will reap life everlasting. If you're walking in the flesh, you can't please God. You will die. It says, if you live unto the flesh, Romans 8, 13, you shall die. But if you mortify the deeds of the body, then you'll live. The Bible says that it's in chapter 6 of Romans. He says in verse 23, the wages of sin is death. That's eternal damnation. If Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20 21. Warn the righteous that the righteous don't sin, John. And if they continue their sin, he says, all your righteousness that you did will not be remembered. What kind of reward is that, John? All that righteousness that you did, if you go back to sin, it won't be rewarded to you, John. And you'll end up in hell. Wow. Such false, hip hip hypocritical doctrine he's coming with. Go ahead. Yeah. So that he, means he whatever we do in this zero time determines how we're going to spend eternity. Not where as the believer. Not where. Where is settled by our receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Master and Savior. That's settled. Where we spend eternity hold on, hold on is the city of God. Okay. Listen to the statement he makes. By you receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord, your Master, and your Savior. You heard that, Wes? Lord, yeah. Master, and Savior. Let, let's define Lord, Master, and Savior, okay? If Jesus is your Lord, then you don't go against what Jesus said. Jesus said in Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, like he says you call him Lord, and do not the things that I say? So, John... Uh, just, just a saying with you? Because you're saying there that you can go sin it. That if you're sinning, you're not calling him Lord. He's not your master. Your master is the sin that you're doing because you're loving your sin more than you're loving God. The scripture says in Romans 6, 16, it says, To whom you yield yourself service to, you obey, to obey, his servant you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. You're yielding yourself to sin. You're not going to make it. Your Lord, your master, your everything. Was Jesus your Lord? You said you were saved, John. Quick question. I want you folks to listen to this. John said he was saved early in the video, didn't he? But he said he made him his Lord, master, and savior. How can you be your Lord and you're sitting down looking at that filth, these naked women that wasn't his wife, and you're lusting on them because you, you want them for yourself and no, no telling what else is going along with that that he's doing. And Jesus says, his Lord, no, sir. That is an abomination. No, sir. He is in sin and bound to hell if you're doing that. Don't let anybody tell you that. He is speaking out of both sides of his mouth, Wes. One time he's saying yeah. he's saved. Next time he says to be saved, you have to be, he has to be your Lord, Master, and Savior. Help me with that, will you? I, maybe it's something, is there something I don't understand here? How? Yeah. We're going to spend eternity. Not where as the believer. Not where. Where is settled 
by our receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Master and Savior. Lord, Master and Savior. That's settled. Where we spend eternity is the city of God. That's settled by the cross. But how we spend. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and what he's saying is it's settled. It's settled. What, what's settled? That if you just accept Jesus, if you just accept that Jesus died on the cross for you, it is a settled issue. You are saved. But he's saying how you're going to spend eternity is based off of your obedience, is based off of what you do, your performance on everything, I guess, that in ministry and everything else that you would do, the works of righteousness is, you know, so so all these passages, like, is just, it it doesn't line up. I mean, Paul, in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 2, he says, by which you are saved. This is a salvation passage. If you hold that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. What is Paul connecting to? He's connecting to you obeying the message or else you believed in vain and you're not saved. This is throughout the entire Bible. Uh, even Peter says in, in, first, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10, he says, therefore, beloved, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. And as, and as Don said, if the righteous are scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and sinner appear? This is the message that's throughout the entire New Testament. The writer of Hebrews says, who, you know, talking about you being Christ's house, he says, but Christ as a son over his own house, this is verse six of Hebrews chapter three, whose house we are, if we hold the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So what happens if you don't actually hold, hold that confidence of what? Obedience obedience to what Jesus says from to the end, you're not Christ's house. You're not saved. You're, you're not going to go and be with Jesus Christ it, it, to heaven. It, you're not a Christian. It's real simple. I mean, the, the Bible is very black and white. Here's another one in Philippians chapter two, verse 15. It says that you may be blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast. See, this is what the Bible talks about. You holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I had not run or labored in vain. So if you don't hold fast, Paul's saying, hey, you know what? My ministry to you was completely in vain. It did nothing. It was worthless. It didn't produce anything. Why? Because you didn't actually hold fast to the message, which is directly connected to your eternal life, to your salvation, to you being a Christian or not a Christian. There are so many passages that totally refute what John Bevere just said in that last clip. It's unreal that people, if they don't pick up their Bible or if they don't read it, they'll never actually make these connections. They just want to heap up for themselves false teachers such as John Bevere to tickle them and, you know, make them feel saved while they continue in their sin and then think that there's going to be some reward system. John Bevere is disconnecting the judgment seat of Christ. He's disconnecting it from from actually people being, uh, you know, like like, for instance, I'll, I'll give you this one. In one of his other teachings, he goes to Matthew chapter 25 and talks about the talents. He even personalizes this parable that Jesus gives by giving names to these different people, one given five talent, one given like three talents and one given one talent. And he, and he clearly says, these are all believers. These are all people. But he doesn't make it to verse 30 of Matthew 25, where he says, the person that buried his talent, he says, 
cut that person in two, give that person his portion with the unbeliever right? The hypocrite where what there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, cast him out to outer darkness. He will not actually make that connection. Why? Because it refutes his entire teaching of this reward system is only for those that, that are just going to be rewarded in eternity, not based off of their obedience, the, disconnecting salvation from that, and just creates this reward system that the Bible refutes. I want, to, I want to say, we're going to close this up because we, we've gone um, into this in depth, and I don't know what else we could possibly say to you, but I have to close it with this. I don't want you to appear before the judgment seat of Christ because you will appear. In Romans chapter 14, it says we, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Revelation chapter 20 says that we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for those, those things that we've done, those works that we've done. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10 says that we labor, whether present or absent, that we may be accepted by Him. It's not about us accepting Him. It's about Him accepting us. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, for brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. It's about Him accepting you. It's not Him, him having to measure up for you to accept Him. It's Him accepting you. So it's important that you live the life. Here's the surprise scripture that's going to come, and I don't want that day to catch you unaware. It's, Jesus, Jesus is speaking here. Now, listen to me. Jesus has all authority, all, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him in, Re, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus came back after he was resurrected, after he had died, and he comes back and he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says, Go and preach the gospel of every creature. And the thing that he says to preach, he says, teach them everything I've commanded you. Everything I showed you, teach them. So that makes everything new covenant teachings that Jesus is saying. Now, Jesus is speaking here in Matthew chapter 7. I want you to pay close attention to what he's saying because it, this, has, this is life or death for you and for me as well, all of us. He says here, he says, he says first of all, he says in verse 21, he says, Not everyone that shall say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but only the one that does the will of my Father. Now, looking at porn, we both know, I think everybody knows, look, committing adultery like that is not according to the will of God. So that person will not enter because he's not doing the will of the Father. Let's go a little further. For many will say in that, that day, and I don't want you to be saying it, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not prophesied? Have we not done all these miracles? And that, that's what John is saying. Look, look at what we're doing. We're doing all these things. But Jesus comes back, and look what he says. He says to them, I will profess to you, I never knew you. John, if you're doing those things, Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. And, 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 they, and he says, depart from me, you that are still sinning, you that work iniquity. The sin has to stop in your life. You do not have salvation looking at porn or committing those sins unto death. Why do you say that? Please bear with me. Look at Hebrews 5.9. Examine it as close as you can examine it. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to take it out of the Bible. Don't try to let somebody tell you something differently. Listen to what the Scripture says, just like all the other Scriptures we've quoted today. Hebrews 5.9 says, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation. Listen to it. Here's salvation. This is salvation. He, Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey Him. Now, it didn't say Jesus is the author of eternal salvation to all that disobey him. Obedience is necessary to have that salvation. Now, if you want that salvation today, I want to talk to you real serious right now. If you want salvation, here's the plan of salvation. Not this made-up prayer that he comes up with. This is what the Word of God says. 
You'll find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. It says a godly sorrow, that's a broken and a contrite spirit. You'll find that, and you can look at it, Psalms, 50, Psalms 51, Psalms 34, or Isaiah 66 too. They'll all tell you the same thing. A broken and contrite spirit, the Lord said, I'll no wise, no wise cast out. That's being broken, that's confessing and forsaking your sin. It's found in Proverbs 28, 13 and 1 John 1, 9. So you want to confess your sin. You want to break before God. He said, let your, James 4, 9 and 10, 11, he says, let your laughter be turned to joy. Let your sorrow, let your uh, happiness be, be sorrowful. Weep and lament before the Lord. You know, turn away and commit to God never to sin again. You say, well, everybody tells me I can't, I, I'm always going to sin. Listen, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus told you to do something. He's not going to tell you to do something you couldn't do. He said, go and sin no more. So you know what you do? Go and sin no more. Listen, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, Right? Philippians 4.13. Listen, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, says that he's made you more than a conqueror. So you can overcome that sin. Romans chapter 8 said he's caused you to always triumph. Triumph over the sin. 1 Corinthians 15 says that thanks be to God that gives us the victory. You have the victory. His commandments are not burdens, 1 John 5 says. Do what he says. The Bible says be doers of the word and not hearers only. Break before God. Go get on your knees. I plead with you. Cry out to God, ask Him to forgive you, and when you've asked Him to forgive you, commit to God never to do it again. Turn from it and resist sin through the shedding of blood, like it says in Hebrews 12, 4, and you'll have the joy afterward that no man can take away from you. Then you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. Let Jesus become everything to you. Fall in love with Jesus and just love on Him vehemently as your Savior. And He said, love is the fulfillment of the law. It's impossible to do harm to your brother or do harm to the Lord when you love them. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll have more of these videos come out, so be sure to stay tuned. If you like the video, hit a thumbs up for us, a like on the video. Be sure to subscribe below and also hit notifications so you get our next one coming out. God bless you. We'll see you real soon.